Hello and welcome to ADHD Fest, the podcast all about adult ADHD with a little bit of self-development and law of attraction thrown in there. I am your host, Tara Pratt, and today we're going to be going back to basics on ADHD. Basically, I'm going to be talking about one of the main symptoms of ADHD and I'm going to be dissecting it and going into it deep dive. And this has been triggered by a chat I had with a friend this week who has suspected she's had ADHD for a while, probably about two years now. We talk about it all the time. And then she turned around to me and she was like, oh, by the way, Tara, have you ever heard of rejection sensitive dysphoria, RSD? Because, and I was like, yeah. Of course I have, like I knew about that from day one and it really surprised me that she had never heard of it before because we talk about it so much and I think I take for granted the fact that I have had the time, I've been diagnosed for two years now, I've had the time and the space to digest it all, I've had the time and space to deep dive into it because I've mostly been from home and working for myself. I've had hours and hours to read books and articles And I think I take for granted that I know these things and I think everyone does because there is a wealth of knowledge on the likes of TikTok and online now. But actually, they're just tiny little snippets. We've got the 10 minute videos on TikTok and stuff, but who sits and watches a 10 minute video? So I just thought, let's get back to real basics on some of these ADHD terms, what they mean, what goes into them how it feels but also some solutions because a lot of people have said that to me as well where they're like there's a lot of relatable content online but then they don't follow it up with any solutions or what I can actually do about it so that's the aim of the podcast today we're specifically talking about RSD rejection sensitive dysphoria and we're gonna deep dive into what it is how it feels real life examples but also at the end I'm gonna offer you some solutions, things that you can do to manage it. We can't cure it, but we can lessen it. I have lessened mine a lot in the last two two years. So first of all, we're going to start with what it is. And I want to say before I get into this, I always put it at the bottom of my show notes, but I want to say it on the podcast. I am not a doctor. I'm not a medical expert. If you want expert advice, go to the experts. This is just me collating all the information that I have got from various resources like books, internet, whatever. I'm summarizing them in an entertaining way for you. And I'm also throwing in some of my personal experience as well to round it out. When I first got diagnosed, I was so overwhelmed. I didn't want to sit and read articles. I didn't want to trawl through the endless amount of information and this is where I want to step in with this podcast and explain to you in an easy to digest way while you're just doing pottering about the house or you are driving you can listen and you can learn about yourself if you are experiencing this particular problem I'm going to make this a series so it's going to be like back to basics this is the first episode on a specific symptom of RSD If you were looking for some manifestation stuff this week, I was heavy on that last week. Go back and listen to last week's pod. But we today are going to be mainly ADHD focused. So what is RSD? Rejection sensitive dysphoria. I always find that hard to say because I just call it RSD. This is where we experience severe emotional pain in response to a perceived or real criticism rejection or failure so this can be from someone else or it can actually be from ourselves self-judgment it creates a severe emotional pain 
when I say severe, they believe it's caused by a difference in your brain structure. They've actually likened it to, in studies, they've likened it to the same pattern in your brain as when you have physical pain. So this is a severe pain. It's a strong reaction. I hesitate. I don't want to call it an overreaction because I don't believe it's possible to overreact. If you feel a certain way, you're not going to use logic to get yourself out of that. It's just how you feel. So it's impossible to be an overreaction. But it is a big reaction if you measure it against the average neurotypical. The average neurotypical would not feel it as deeply. They would not feel as rejected. It doesn't matter whether it's perceived or real. We have the same response. And that is the same for a neurotypical. They will have, if they perceive a criticism, they're going to react to it, even if it's not a real criticism. So we're the same in that sense. We're not like making up these perceived criticisms. It's just how we feel. But we have a much bigger response to it. It's a severe emotional pain. The feeling can feel overwhelming. It can bring out strong feelings of hurt, anger, betrayal, sadness, disappointment, or even loneliness. ADHD is a spectrum and RSD, the symptom, is no different. It's a spectrum. You could be triggered by things that other people are not triggered by at all because our personality does come into play a little bit. It's an ADHD symptom, but it manifests in a different way in different people just because of your personal experiences. So you will react strongly to your trigger. It doesn't mean we all react strongly to the same thing, but I am going to give you an example story here just so we're on the same page and you know exactly what I'm talking about. Let's say the example is you find out that two of your close friends have gone out for drinks together, they've put pictures all over social media, they look like they had the best time ever and you knew nothing about it. They didn't ask you, you were just sat in doing nothing that night and it doesn't mean that you would have wanted to go maybe you like to be sat at home alone at night you wouldn't really like to go out for a drink but just the fact that they've done something fun together it's in your face they didn't ask you at all can trigger this rsd very strongly definitely it could make you feel lonely it could make you feel sad it makes you start looking at yourself and thinking what's wrong with me why didn't they ask me you take it very personally, like obviously they hate me, obviously I'm no fun, obviously I'm boring. You could get angry, very angry and be like, they're so rude, why are they such rude people? So you're, you're making it personal either about yourself or about them. That's an example of two people doing it. So that could actually be a perceived criticism or slight because it actually could be not personal at all especially if you're from a bigger friend group. Sometimes when you take a step back and someone can look at it for you and they go, but you're in a friend group of four. So if two of them only went for a drink, then two of you didn't get invited. It's not like they only left you out. So it's more likely that they wanted to go to something specific that they enjoyed as a two. And you don't always have to be together. Sometimes, you know, one of those people could ask you out for like just go oh do you fancy a coffee on Wednesday and would you think oh that's really bad that we're not inviting the other two no you wouldn't it's just like a little catch-up in a smaller group sometimes we like to socialize one-on-one -on -one more so than a group you get to chat about more things so it could be not personal at all or it could be very personal that could be 
you could be absolutely right. It could be the fact that they don't like you. It could be the fact that they're being rude. It doesn't matter whether it's real or it's perceived. You will feel the same sense of rejection and you will feel it very strongly and it's going to trigger a lot of emotions in you. So that is how we experience RSD. And sometimes, just a personal slant on it, you could be right and they could be being rude or you could be completely wrong and they're not being rude at all and it's not about you and they love you. Either way, it doesn't feel good. So in that situation, me personally, I would choose to believe the former because I don't know which option is true. I know I've got RSD. I'm going to choose to believe the former. I'm going to choose to see the good in someone. And then if I feel left out, maybe I could arrange something. Instead of feeling rejected and putting up that wall more and pushing my friends away and being like, can't believe they've done that to me. That's it. I feel embarrassed. I feel shame. I'm going to talk to myself. I'm going to breathe through those feelings and I'm going to be like, do you know what? I'm glad they had a nice time. It's probably not personal at all. Maybe there's something that I don't know that's going on and they needed a one-on-one night together. I'm going to ask them, one of them, for a one-on-one coffee or I'm going to ask both of them to come out for drinks with me. And then from there, it's a much healthier way to approach it. But also I will find out for definite if they're trying to leave me out. Because if I ask them and they turn me down, maybe once, that's okay. Everyone's got stuff on. But if I keep asking and they keep turning me down, then I know actually it is real. I'll feel them feelings, but also I'll know to remove myself from those people because it's a little bit toxic whereas RSD it can be perceived and you remove yourself from people that love you and you remove yourself from a situation that's actually really good for you so that's how I would handle that another question that I get quite a lot is does everyone with ADHD have rejection sensitivity dysphoria and I didn't know the answer. So I went online and researched it. And basically the answer that came back is almost 100% of people with ADHD do experience RSD. Uh, but it can also occur without ADHD. So you don't have to have ADHD to experience rejection sensitive dysphoria. But if you do have ADHD, it's very likely that that is one of the symptoms for you. And it's worth taking a step back and looking at your life, whether it's in recent times or throughout your life, and just analyzing situations where you felt really hurt and rejected and looking at it from a neutral standpoint and trying to take the emotion out of it and go, was this a criticism? Was this a rejection? Was I abandoned in this situation? It It can be hard because you do find situations and experiences where you've kind of self-sabotaged, where you've pushed away people that do love you. And that's hard to look at. But when we look at the truth, when we look at those experiences with open eyes and a new awareness, it stops us from making that mistake again in the future. So although it's painful, I would encourage you to look back at situations like that. Maybe I wouldn't reach out to old people because you're in a new life now. Wherever you are now is the perfect place for you to be. But just going forward, it's good to keep in mind, I have rejection sensitivity dysphoria. So yeah, if you've got ADHD, you've you've pretty much got RSD as well on top. It's not um, diagnosable, but it is one of the symptoms. Just keep that in mind. 
Number three, I wanted to talk about how it can show up. This is your reaction to those feelings of hurt, anger, betrayal, failure. How do we react? So it can show up by you withdrawing from social situations. Um, So you just don't arrange any or when you're in them, you're very quiet. A lot of negative self-talk and self-criticism. Oh, I'm no fun. No one wants to be my friend. No one wants to ask me out to anywhere. I'm obviously boring. Oh, I'm obviously annoying everyone whenever I talk. No one wants to hear what I've got to say. That type of thing. And by the way, none of that is true. I'm here to, I know I don't know you, but none of that is true. If that's what you're telling yourself, is 100% not true. Yeah, some people might not want to hear what you've got to say. Some people might find you boring. In fact, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, if you're a human being in the world, there's people that find you boring. There's people that probably hate this podcast and find me very, very boring. But for everyone that finds you boring, there's five more that find you interesting. There's a pot for, no, there's a lid for every pot, as me nan used to say. It just means your tribe is out there, your people are out there speaking in these absolutes of everyone hates me, everyone finds me boring. It's just not true. Everyone has a tribe that will find you very, very interesting. And if the people around you aren't finding you interesting, then you just surrounding yourself with the wrong people go out and find some more another thing is social anxiety I used to get this very badly pre-pandemic before I was diagnosed I had strong social anxiety and I feel like a lot of my friends would never have known that because I was the social butterfly I was a social butterfly I think because I was a performer and an actress I masked really well and I could be the life and soul of the party and I still can but before it was forced and it would drain me. Yeah, I ended up getting to a point where I couldn't really leave the house or go to something social without my husband with me. It was really bad. But obviously I didn't know that this was at play. But yeah, it can cause social anxiety, low self-esteem. But I think the most important thing, the worst thing that it does for us, RSD, is it holds us back from taking risks live into our full potential and I know that sounds backwards because with ADHD comes taking risks is one of the symptoms but I'm talking about emotional risks like starting a business putting yourself out there going for a promotion telling someone you love them that type of thing that if your RSD is crippling and it's giving you anxiety and shame it holds you back from taking leaps that would have been really good for you. So it's definitely good to get an awareness around it and push yourself through where you need to. One of the number one things on the internet is they will tell you medication. Um, I take medication myself. I, It's done wonderful things for me, but I am not a doctor, as I said, and I don't really want to go into the medication side of it. If you want to look into medication, please see um, a medical professional. I am not one of them, but that is one of your options. Another option is therapy. I'm a big advocate for therapy. You have to find the right therapist for you. Don't just settle for the person that you get. Try and get one who has dealt with people with ADHD. It doesn't have to be ADHD specific because the thing is RSD creates a lot of trauma. So a lot of rejection, a lot of feelings that actually would play with anyone's mind any neurotypical if they felt that sense of rejection if they felt that criticism they would 
use therapy to get over that as well. So I don't feel like the result of it is specific to ADHD. So it doesn't need to be an ADHD therapist, but it's good if they've got experience in working with people with neurodivergence. Another way, uh, sorry, I did want to say about the therapy, the main thing you want from them is to for them to help you reframe things and make them less personal. And a way that I have done this, which I think is quite unique and I haven't seen it online, but I just want to give you this tip that's worked for me. One of my hyperfocus, hyperfocuses, hyperfoca, I don't know how to say that, but I hyperfocus on human psychology. I love the way people think. And I think a lot of neurodivergents are interested in the way people think just because we do think differently about certain things. So I have heavily researched into psychology. I've heavily researched into like attachment styles, narcissists, toxic people, ADHD, neurodivergence. Obviously, I've researched a million different mindsets and particularly attachment styles I've been looking into recently. And it explains the way people in my life act so well. And it really has made me feel less offended by things that they do because it's so textbook. Looking into attachment styles, I suggested you do it because I'm just like, oh, so that's why they said that. That's why when I was nice and reached out, they reacted in this way. It makes me realize, okay, this is just a framework that they've picked up as a child. This is just their own psychology that they don't consciously have control of. It's subconscious, a little bit like ADHD. They don't have control of the way it affects them. And it's not personal to me. It literally is them and the way they perceive things, the way they perceive me actually has nothing to do with me. And that's really helped me to make things less personal and get less offended by what people say and do. Another one is awareness. Just having the awareness, listening to this podcast today is going to be really helpful for you if you didn't know much about RSD. Having the awareness that you have it gives you the space to look at situations from a bit more of a neutral standpoint rather than worrying and panicking. Believe in your own thoughts, believe in your own feelings that when something feels overwhelmingly bad, it must be because it's bad. Once you've got the awareness that rejection sensitive dysphoria is at play, you can really realize, oh wait, I feel overwhelmingly bad because I have RSD. It doesn't necessarily mean that the situation's really bad. And I'm not taking anything away. It might be that the situation is bad, but it just gives you the space to step back and look at it neutrally and decide for yourself, is it bad? Instead of a knee-jerk reaction to your own feelings. And then well-being work. I have sung the praises of EFT for a long time. Go over, there's, I've done a podcast on it, but you can also, I've done a reel on my Instagram if you want to go and look at that on EFT. But mainly I would say the best weapon you've got in your arsenal to manage RSD is, and you might hate me for saying this, self-love and acceptance, particularly in areas that you see as weaknesses. And when I say self-love, I don't mean look at yourself in the mirror and say, I love you, I love you, I love you. Although some books will tell you to do that and I'm not saying that it's wrong. I'm just saying that's part of it. But self-love isn't something that I can explain to you in one podcast. It's something I'm going to talk about a lot on the podcast because the repetition is key. 
but you need to work on books, you need to work on journaling, you need to listen to podcasts, all on how to feel better in yourself and accept not only your ADHD, but yourself as a whole. So I wanted to give you, just to finish off, I wanted to give you some resources to be able to do that. A great one, if you find a big weakness of yours that you feel really embarrassed about, you feel a failure about, is housework and keeping on top of home life and home admin. Particularly if a woman, I feel like we do just have in our blood now shame around household duties if we can't keep on top of them we shouldn't we can say we shouldn't till we're blue in the face sometimes it's just there because it's inbuilt from society a great book for that is kc davis k c davis keep house how to keep house while drowning and that's a book for you to read it's written for people with adhd it's not very long it's nice big print then there's the book by Sari Solden and Michelle Frank and it's The Radical Guide for Women with ADHD. I loved this book. Every page was like a big aha but also we woven into there is acceptance for who you are and how ADHD shows up. Another one that's a little bit different not for ADHD is Meadow DeVore the worthy project and this is practical exercises to build on your sense of self-worth it's written for anyone not specific to ADHD but I really enjoyed that book and then if you are not into reading obviously you can listen to all of these on audible as well if you want I listen to them all on audible but if you are not really into like self-development books and that's not what you want to do and you can't be bothered and you'd rather be entertained a really good book this might seem random For me, I listened on Audible and it was very entertaining on Audible because he includes music and stuff, was Will by Will Smith. Basically, it's his journey through his whole childhood, all of his career and everything. And then at the end, it's a bit of self-realization. I loved it. He is one of the biggest movie stars on the planet, really. And when I didn't even realize how big his career was, obviously, I know he's a huge star, but there's things in there that I didn't even know. And listening to his whole career, his whole life, and actually how low self-esteem, low self-worth has played into that was so interesting. And how he comes to a conclusion at the end, in some way accepts and loves himself. And I think it's a really good example of learning to love yourself slowly over time and how it can look on the outside like you love yourself because you're this winner, you're so successful, you're high achieving. But if you don't feel it on the inside, it doesn't make a difference. So that is the end of this week's podcast on rejection sensitive dysphoria. If you can think of a basic for me to deep dive into of ADHD, maybe you don't understand it. Maybe a few of your friends don't understand it. Please let me know because as I say, I struggle with putting myself in my own shoes two years ago of what I didn't know. I feel like everyone knows it's old news now. Rejection sensitive dysphoria, I think, was a really good one to start with, but I'd love more ideas from you. You can send me them over on Instagram. That's mainly where I am, at ADHD Fest. But I'm also on Facebook, and the best place to find me there is in the group, ADHD Fest, the group, Find Your Fire, Find Your Flow. I'm also on TikTok. I'm not sure how you can send DMs on TikTok, but if you can, DM me over on TikTok, which is ADHD underscore Fest. 
or you can find me over on the website and there's a contact form there, which is ADHDfest.com. I will leave all the links below for the usual, the Burnout Bible. That is just a worksheet that you can download and print off that will help you in burnout, takes all of the decision work out of it. You can also use it on an iPad. Um, there's the UK diagnosis bundle don't forget I've left the psychiatry UK form on there but they're not currently taking people on so just disregard that for now but it's free down below you can join the newsletter and find out about everything for the first time over there we've also got the YouTube channel now which is ADHD fest and that is the end of my boring boring reeling off of all the social media thank you if you stayed this long and I hope you have a wonderful week bye